follow me, radio. Brian, please stop. Are we, are we on? Yeah. We're on? Mm-hmm. It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Welcome to Surviving President Trump, a weekly podcast for friends. Is that what that's called? This? Yep. That's what this, this is. That? I'm Sean, and uh, that's Brent singing. I'm Brent, and I'm, I really don't know if you can call that singing, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm frustrated with these mics. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. I don't know how I feel about Trump this week. How do you feel? I feel that if you're frustrated with these mics, we can do what those fuckboys do on the internet and have like an Amazon wish list. People can buy us new mics. Yeah. Okay. Probably so a new computer. We'll have an Amazon wish list. Yeah. And our, our rich our listeners. Come soaked underwear will be available Ooh. for. <laughs> No. Sean goes there. It's not. No. Okay. Uh, uh, no. How do you feel about this week in politics? Um, I feel like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm starting to get more numb to things. So I guess, I don't know if it's developing like a thick skin or what, but I start, I'm starting to feel like uh, we're going to be getting raped. For a while, the country, yeah, just collectively. You know how raped. when you're like, and you have an assignment to do for for school or whatever, and, you're talking to the wrong person. And, <laughs> remember when you were doing your thesis, and every day that goes oh, by, it's God. like I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Yeah. I'm a terrible person. That's how I feel about this election at this point. Yeah, I feel like I'm not doing enough. You probably aren't. I'm not. But the good news is that you can start anytime. That's true. So I've called Debbie Dingle. You have. My representative. I left a voicemail. Um, and that was really easy. But I feel like I should leave like 10 more until I get through or until I feel differently about things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important to let your representatives know how you're feeling because... I think the more people that are like freaking out, the more that they're going to freak out. Um, if they're not hearing a cohesive voice of like panic and despair, then they're just going to not do anything. I don't think they can not do something if people are actively calling and voicing their opinions. Yeah, there's like 10 different things you can call on to. Yeah, and you can also, I saw... Um, and heard some really great advice, like call other people's representatives, call the states where um, maybe they have more uh, moderate Republican representation to... Hashtag rigged. <laughs> In a way, it's all true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, no, it's not. I also, I don't know how you were fe- I'll ask you in a second, but I'm also feeling um, sort of like thinking back on the last year um, and thinking back to how unoutraged everyone was in the beginning and even in the middle and even towards the end there. Um, I'm starting to have thoughts of like, well, we deserve this. <laughs> like we deserve this. <laughs> we deserve oh. the horror and the terror and the despicableness of everything that's happening. I know that's <laughs> ridiculous, Dark. but um, it starts, it's starting to feel that way. Like, yep. Well, we got ourselves in this mess. This is, okay what we deserve if that makes you you? feel like you're in control that's okay (laughs) it's actually really freeing right it's like i don't do anything i deserve this yeah um how are you feeling i mean like shit yeah 
Mostly because of these mics. Mostly because of the mics. <laughs> That's good. First world problems. Dealing with bad mics. Yeah. But you know what? Um, fuck it. So... Let's, so last week we didn't we didn't know anything, okay? Do we know more? <laughs> we we do. We know that Trump isn't gonna poof into a liberal just because he's from New York City. He's also all over the place on this presidentialness indicator. I mean, one day he was like an eight, now he's back. No, at a he zero. was yeah. He's so. been at a zero. He, <laughs> he had like those three days, those four days before our first podcast where it was like oh he hasn't insulted anyone and then like the day after it was like um fucking protesters fuck the new york times the protesters suck paid by the liberal media hamilton owes me an apology (laughs) how weak does he think mike pence is that a group of actors needs to apologize i don't know for and honestly it wasn't like the actors didn't boo mike pence the people yeah. Booed Mike Pence. So, if anything, he should be asking for an apology from the theater goers. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that tweet's fun. Yeah. So, like, there's there's that. There's the tweets. So, he's a piece of shit, like we yeah. know. He is. He really is. And then, the other thing that happened in the past week is... Um, nothing Sesh. matters, for sure. Because, no matter what happens... It's just going to get twisted into the two bubbles. Yeah. The liberal bubble and the conservative bubble. So there's like this misinformation war. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg's post about the things they're going to do to combat fake news? Yeah, it's, I mean... Like nothing. He does... Like we're going to... We're going to do better, like, reporting. Like, no. Yeah. They're going to, like, reach out to Snopes and see what they do. Um, but it's stupid. So I just brought that up because there's this photograph of a, a violent protest, anti-Trump protest with, like, a car on fire. And there was, like, the right was putting, like, this meme text over it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was from Greece, like, the Greece um protest whatever the fuck happened over there they just googled they googled they were like violent protest and then they made a meme and ascribed it to anti-trump protests i read another article about how the one thing that we're taking with us past the election is the popularity of like fake news like it's still the biggest uh factor i guess contributing to ignorance and contributing to um people being like i still like trump because of all this other crap i read about obama and hillary yeah no everyone still believes it all yeah um so much so much happened this week (laughs) so much happened i don't even someone held up a rape melania sign at a at a yeah that's how we're gonna make a protest and like there's one thing's wrong with with liberals so i'm vindicated so you know we don't need we can just deport all the Muslims now because they want to. They're Melania. not right because rape Melania. Mus- Muslims. That's their number one agenda item. Is... And you know, Trump said to stop it. Stop it. <laughs> he was like, stop it, stop it, losers. Uh, you know what? I'll even look into the camera. Melania's not even a ten anymore. Why would you like, want to rape what? her? <laughs> How 
much of a piece of shit president do you have to be to be like, oh, I'll tell them to stop it, but it's obviously not my fault. It's like that was his attitude. If I tell them to stop it, they'll stop, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Huge. I mean, yeah. You're messing with me. I'm big. Um, so I made a note in our in our doc. Um, For those of you who don't know, we have a doc. We we do have a doc about Very everything that I noticed this at, week. It's it's really like super long. Uh, <laughs> but do you ever think that Trump is just like a big fan of the secret? Do you know what the secret is? Yeah, like where you visualize it and, and it, then like, it comes true. The universe makes it happen. I feel like that's what happened. We got the secreted because some guy was just on the campaign trail for a year and a half. Like I'm gonna be president. It's gonna be great. And yeah. now he's the president. He just kept saying, and he really believed he was going to be the president. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, that, if anything, I thank him for teaching me that lesson that, you know, the whiter I am and the um, more I believe that I'm the best and that everyone else is terrible, the further ahead in life I'll get. Thanks, Trump. So this podcast is brought to you by Rhonda Byrne, the author of The Secret. <laughs> Um, I also, this week, um, I heard some commentary, not necessarily news, but commentary about the news. Um, they were kind of addressing, you know, wow, Trump's put a lot of these, like, alt-right, aka white nationalists, aka racists, aka terrible human beings, um, in his administration, along with these more establishment folks. And one theory was he's doing that to kind of pit them against each other, so that he remains like the singular voice let me tell you why that's stupid <laughs> okay i was hoping you might do you want okay um that implies a theme that has been running through america for this past long time which is false equivalency <laughs> it's not like you want the middle ground between white power and white supremacy and like a republican it's like that middle ground is like ivory. That and middle like ground is bone, like bone white. Um, and... Everyone but white men is alive, and women are like enslaved to have babies. Like it's women are basically, <laughs> I hate nuns. I hate everything. Nobody should be giving white nationalists a platform, um, even if they're a they're... woman or they're gay or they're a black and man. Can we, <laughs> can we elaborate on that? Like there are reasons why, right? Like the one reason is their platform has been history, right? Like. They've had it for a long time, and they still have it. And they do. Um, I'm not saying I want another group to necessarily like be in control because I'm a big fan of our pluralistic, idealistic um, system that we thought up that isn't really working right now. Um, but it would be nice to see what would happen if we gave it another <laughs> group a chance. <laughs> and I think that. One of the reasons, maybe, potentially, that white nationalists are freaking out is because they realize that they're terrible, and they realize how bad they've been to everybody. So maybe, if anyone has oh, yeah. power, they're the first to get fucked. Right. right? It's is like... That, is that... No, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Like, I can't give up this power because I fucked everyone over. The gays, the blacks, the Muslims, the other browns, the right. women... Uh, I mean, at this point, it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um, we might, <laughs> they might actually be digging their white genocide grave. They keep talking about it. Yeah. I keep seeing these billboards that say, 
multiculturalism is white genocide. I'm like, you just keep saying that. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Do you? Because white people apparently are terrible. I feel like, I feel like how, like, in in a in a social psychology kind of way, mm-hmm. how fucking terrible white people are being is like, I think this is how genocide happens. <laughs> like, you think a whole group of people is, like, that bad. So, um, maybe, I mean, maybe they do have some legit fears, but it's their own fault. You know, I'm, I'm lucky. I've never, uh, participated actively in genocide, so. I don't know, yeah. You know, first time for everything. Um, I have a thought experiment I'd like to pitch sure, to you. Sure, go. So, all these ter- pe- terrible people are being appointed, I guess, uh, by our president-elect, Donald Trump. Um, but really, they're being appointed by Mike Pence. Oh, but Richard um, Grinnell is gay, and he might be in the UN. Yeah, because all gay people are perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, thought experiment is, it's 2017, and these people are in power, and they're starting to move forward with their agenda, I guess you would call it. There are terrible plans for um, the apocalypse that is nigh. Um, how does that play out? Do people let that happen? Are we... Is there going to be a massive, like, uprising of Americans who are like, hell no! No justice! No peace! Yeah. Or are we going to be like, yeah, okay, but I'm not brown, so bye. I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. It's starting to feel It's like, starting to feel like uh yeah, like it it's ha- it's happening. Like yeah. there's people on TV talking about Japanese internment camps as a legal precedent mm-hmm. for <laughs> a Muslim registry and it just kind of uh makes it real. Yeah. This and this is feel, really happening. Like I understand that, you know, protests and marches um, only go so far as to enact change. I mean, it's a very, it's a statement, right? Like, we're unhappy. We don't want this to happen. Listen to us. Um, but I really only see young people doing that. I don't see, like, a lot of the, I mean, there are a few Congress people and a few people in government currently they are like, this is wrong. Like, we have to, like, stand up. But I don't hear, and I don't know, maybe that's their job as leaders to be like, it's okay, even though it's not. Um, but I feel like older people are kind of way more chill about everything. Like maybe our parents' generation and then like beyond, they're just kind of like, yeah, well, how bad can it really get? Um, I'm speaking on behalf of all white parents right now. (laughs) It's, it's, um, what generation is that? Gen X, baby boomers? Gen Uh, X? Gen Y? No, that's after Gen X. Uh, Pre-boom? Yeah. I don't know. All those fucking... Those old... Old fogies. (laughs) No, you're right. There's definitely like a... Well, I don't care because... Apathy. There's a... Obviously, half of America didn't vote. How many of them are really going to give a shit if... Yeah. We systematically remove all Muslims from America? Yeah, because think about it. If half of... Americans didn't vote. Half of the people that could vote didn't. And then a quarter of the people that did voted for Trump. 
and then the other quarter voted reluctantly for Hillary Clinton. How many of the quarter that reluctantly voted for Hillary Clinton are going to be up in arms about? That's I don't what? Know. How many millions of people is that? 100 million people voted, so that's like 20. 62 million, million people voted for her. Yeah. So. I mean, even if you can get like 10 million people to be active, that's a lot, I guess. Yeah. But it's asking a lot. It is asking a lot, I think. To like have a job and like be an activist. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. We barely have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I We're still playing it by ear. Um, we, Sean and I admittedly aren't doing much of anything except talk at you. So um, that's where we're at. Are you, okay, how do you feel about uh, these cabinet people? Um, It's like the black friend argument that people are making right now, where uh, Ben Carson and Richard whatever and Kellyanne Conway might be in his cabinet. So it's like such a multiculturalistic, like who's racist now? Trump has all these people, but it's not... (laughs) You know, that's, I think that's a, um, it's kind of construing what will appease more liberal supporters. I feel like that's just what Trump has done this whole election. Well, there's a, I got a black, I got a woman. Look at my African-American over here. She doesn't bleed anymore, so she's good to go. No, I think what question I continue to ask myself is what are these people's qualifications? Like... Mm-hmm. Kellyanne Conway, I literally know nothing about her. Ben Carson, I know a lot, and I know that it doesn't qualify him to be <laughs> in public office yeah. <laughs> at all. So, um, screw Ben Carson. Uh, go continue to be a surgeon somewhere. Yeah. Um, Kellyanne Conway, I mean, she did a great job. <laughs> she won, right? Uh so yeah. I don't know what her background is, but um, just because she's a woman doesn't mean that like she's going to be. She clearly isn't advocating for like women's issues <laughs> for Trump. That's true. <laughs> she clearly isn't sitting him down, going, "You gotta stop talking right. about grabbing pussy, Mister like, Trump." <laughs> that's the clearly. difference. There's like um, Peter Thiel was on the RNC stage for the convention. But he's like the most homophobic person, regardless that he's gay. Like he doesn't think like he was never bullied as a child, so he thinks nobody was. Mm. He's like homophobes aren't real. That's I, I never met one, so I, I just he's a piece of shit. Um, just to clarify, you can be a piece of shit if you're gay, you and be... then you can be in the Trump administration because. <laughs> shits only are hired over there that's <laughs> the requirement mm-hmm. no it's this fucking secret principle like these people are sending their resumes in going i got this job just Mr. confident trump. assholes and trump's like love it love it come on in have you read the secret i just i really can we it. get Rhonda Byrne as part of my administration i'm Rhonda Byrne. that's a pseudonym i used <laughs> Uh, People loved it. <laughs> Donald Trump wrote the secret. That's you heard it here first. He did. No, I know it for sure. Like clearly, <laughs> he wrote it. Um, he also can't read, so you know I know what I know. Those two conspiracy theories are in conflict, but 
that doesn't matter at this point because fake news for the win. Um, yeah, so another reason why it's scary to be a Muslim or anything that's not a white Christian man is uh, Frank Gaffney is a very anti-Muslim person. Uh, <laughs> let me pull up this this it's article. It's kind of you to use the word person to describe him. Yeah, he's reportedly advising Donald Trump's transition team, and um, in June 2009, shortly after President Obama wrapped up his visits to Saudi Arabia and Egypt, um, he ran an opinion piece that the newly inaugurated president might be a Muslim. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's the Muslim instigator part of it, it's the same thing as the birth certificate mm-hmm. yeah he's like he's not but even if he was what like who cares uh so he's he's got that going for him um and he's basically generally a conspiracy conspiracy theorist and he's advising apparently um and then later after i save that article there's some Articles that say they're preparing plans for the wall and the uh, registry for Muslims. So it's really happening. Do you think the wall will have, like, a Chick-fil-A in it? Because that'd be great. That'd be really nice. Or, like, a Taco Bell. And a a Home Depot because they can't... (laughs) Remember, Lowe's is the progressive drywall store. I mean, like, slightly more progressive. It's still everything. So I, in my research on big business and how big businesses contribute to election campaigns even the like super progressive ones contribute like 48 percent to 48 percent, and then the extra like four percent goes i don't know where so like even target targets contributions are like split down the middle so which is odd um but just people should the, the real advice i have is you should cut down trees in your backyard if you want any sort of like wood uh just be a self-made human being you should have a garden don't go grocery shopping you should figure out ways to write your own books so you don't have to buy books and contribute to a consumerist society okay um or just like go to your grandma's house and just like steal some of her books about jesus um anyway i (laughs) i don't get off the grid basically actually sound advice because who knows point well, we're all going to be accused of being Muslim, which, like, isn't even that bad of a thing to be... Like, it's not bad. Oh, yeah, I'm Muslim. It's like, shut right. up. I mean, it's bad to, like, use that as, like, a slur, but... I don't know what you're saying. Anyway, <laughs> um, so nothing but nothing but bad news. What? Let's, uh, let's get theoretical. Okay. All right. So everyone's kind of consigned to the idea. I don't know if that's the right word or even if it is a word, but they uh, basically accept that Bernie would have been the better candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be true, but I still maintain that Hillary would have been a better president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think she has the proven track record, right, of getting things done, bringing people together, leading... Um, through, um, what's that word? Consensus? Like, people coming together with the good ideas and 
getting things done. Right. And the thing is, Hillary is not, she's not stopping anytime soon. Like, she's, she's still working. She's working right now. Is she? Yeah, she's got the Clinton Foundation. I'm sure she's well, going to yeah, be working there. She's going to continue to talk and make thousands of dollars speaking. <laughs> um, and okay. I don't see her. I mean, she's going to take a break for sure. Fuck so that. here's the other thing with Bernie. Um, yeah. He's kind of like being sort of self-serving at this point. I forgot uh, what me and Jessica talked about. Jessica is one of my friends. She's a correspondent <laughs> for Cor- SPT. An intern, if you will. Um, <laughs> Unpaid, obviously. No, but it's like nobody is really just full throat going out there and saying that like this was racist. This whole election was racist and we need to do better. Here's how I could have done better. I mean, even like campaigning, Bernie was like barely saying her name. Like, he wasn't... He obviously still had problems with her. And it was stupid. Um, like, he demonized her during the primaries. That didn't help. <laughs> and, um... Anyway, I'm just mad at everyone, just like I was last week. <laughs> I just feel like nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it the way I want them to do it. Right. Well, that's a um, public service announcement. That's why it's important to make your voice heard. And to... Um, use the system because I feel like one of my biggest lessons learned from the events of the past month uh, has been if you don't lose it use it sorry fuck shit can we change that if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> there we go you don't, well the opposite's all also true if you don't use it you lose it if you lose it you don't use it that's where we're at right now if you we're don't... just not using it because <laughs> <laughs> we lost <laughs> I'm so sorry about this podcast. Anyone that anyone that was like, oh, wow, that first one, that right. was something. Well, we can go back to the internal mic of Sean's laptop. I don't know. This might be good. Um, if it's not, who the fuck cares? No one's listening. It's true. If we, we keep telling ourselves like that, someone's 14 people liked our page on Facebook. So a like doesn't equal a listen. It doesn't. I don't think anyone actually listened to it. I know for a fact my own boyfriend liked our page but did not listen. So... <laughs> That's one. Kyle uh, listened to it. Well, fuck him. Yeah, that's my boyfriend, by the way. Yeah. Our millions of fans will but... now know his name. Um, <laughs> millions? Millions. Uh, millions. Maybe if our fans were, like, microbial. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my God. Do you have any news you want to talk about? Um. Oh, yes. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live has been on point this season and it's about to be even better as the year goes on um last week they had a nice little send-off to kate mckinnon's hillary playing hallelujah by leonard cohen that's r.i.p yeah um and dave Chappelle and chris rock had a lot of fun and uh i think this tonight's episode with uh kristen wig is going to be even better so I look forward to comedy the next four years. Um, I watched like two stand-up specials in the last couple days, and I forgot how healing and how um, good it is to just laugh at people doing impressions of people you don't like and even people you do like. <laughs> so yeah. if you're feeling sad, 
try some comedy. <laughs> it's, my, it's my news. Like this podcast. You can laugh about how terrible is it is. Is this comedy or tragedy? Well, Dramedy? what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's that's all I've got. Yeah. Okay, well, we went to a march. Oh, yeah! We did, we did march around Ypsilanti, Michigan. We fucking ran... Through the streets. It was a jog. It was a jog. People need to slow their roll. I think everyone was just embarrassed. It was just like, okay, let's let's get through this. Yeah, Ypsilanti is always smaller than I realize it is. Like it's just a little. We tiny walked around little... the entire. I mean, we didn't we didn't really go to Depot Town, but like but we waved at it. We did wave at it. Um, but yeah, it was fun to like hear cars beeping like in support. And like see yeah. fists in the air, like in solidarity, and um, the police were all cool, and they closed the streets for us. To be fair, it was the EMU police department. Oh, so well, city of Ypsilanti probably then. fine too. <laughs> no, they were fine. <laughs> they were very helpful. Did you notice it was the same guy following us? Yeah, it was the they same just kept guy. moving because we were only like four car lengths long. Yeah, um, but that was cool just to be around like a couple hundred people. Um, yeah. Mostly like younger folks, students. There are uh, there's a group of like more militant, outraged people, which I think it's good to have. There were literally three of them, um, <laughs> but it was also a little scary because you're like, did they bring bricks with them to like throw in windows? Yeah, uh, thankfully but cool. that didn't happen. No, um, Ipsy's fine. Like, there's no one wants to throw a brick. No one, no one in Ipsy is like, yeah, I love Trump. I mean, no one like necessarily like in the city is gonna be like, yeah. Um, that we know of, secret secret Trump supporters. Um, so that was good. I guess we did that. I have some audio that I recorded that I can oh. put in here. Yeah, and cut to audio. Yeah. So. We had some chants. What was, uh, it was like, uh, hands too small. He can't build a wall. That was awkward. That I feel was, like didn't have any rhythm to it. Yeah. I also small. hated no justice, no peace. I want to go like no justice, no peace. No but, justice, no peace, no justice. Or like no that. Peace. But she was like, no justice, no peace. I didn't like it. Also, no, <laughs> No something, no KKK, no fascist USA. What was yeah. No. I, no Trump, I mean. No Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA. It's something like that. Yeah. That had an awkward pacing. It was super weird. Um, <laughs> But it was fun to hold a sign that I didn't make. It um, was. Joanna and Jazz, if you're listening, still have that sign. Um, I know you probably don't care, but I have it and I might keep it for a while. <laughs> Just to remind me of that moment. Um, yeah, that was good. I wanted to put in some audio of someone calling their representative, so maybe I'll do that tomorrow. We can actually call and leave a voicemail. We could do that right now. You want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's call Debbie Stabenow. Okay. Because... So there's, um, while you're looking at that, all the things that I've seen that you can call for, uh, call Paul Ryan about Steve Bannon. You could call, uh, I don't remember which representative, but call about 
the uh, conflict of interest investigation on Trump or whatever that's called. People are trying to call on that and apparently the phone lines went down or something because so many people called, so that's good. And um, I don't know. What else is there? What are you going to say? Um, you're not. I'm going to say what not... I'm going to say. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm like copying. There's no easy. They don't. They don't want you to call them at all. They don't. <laughs> There's like no like call here button. So that's that. Okay. Doing it. Here Doing we go. It. What's the number? Uh, so Debbie Stabenow is one of our <laughs> state senators. Her DC, Michigan, Michigan state senators. Her DC line is two zero two 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 four four eight two two. And Brent has to figure out how to do speakerphone. Hi, this is Senator Debbie Stabenow. Thanks so much for calling my Washington, D.C. office. It's my honor to serve you in the Senate, and I really appreciate your call. If you'd like to leave a comment about an issue, please press 1. If you need general information about my office or contact information for so my right? state offices, please press 2. If you'd like to speak with a member of my staff, please press 3 and someone will be your views are important to me. Please leave your comments after the tone. If you are a Michigan resident and you'd like written response to concerns, please leave your name and address, including the spelling of your first and last name, and a daytime phone number. You can also send me an email at my website, gov. Thanks so much. Hello, Senator Sabineau. My name is Brent. I am one of your constituents here in the state of Michigan. Um, I'm just calling to voice some of my concerns about um, the uh, ongoing um, Trump administration uh, assembly process. Um, I'm very scared. I feel like a lot of people are fearful. Um, there's a lot of unknowns that, um, frankly, as a progressive are horrifying. Um, I think people are feeling unsafe. Um, I think you probably know that, but I wanted to voice my um, opposition to um, Steve Bannon being appointed um, to his administration. Also, um, Mr. Sessions, uh, I think it's a very um, clear signal that isn't going to stand with the American people. Um, I thank you for uh, listening um, and I also would like to know uh, if there's anything I can do to help. Um, you can reach me um, by email uh, at gmail.com. Thank you. So easy, right? That was great. Um, it's that easy. You can Google the phone numbers and everything. You want to talk about your uh, reading list? Yeah. So I posted on Wednesday um, a intro to what I'm reading. Um, I still haven't gotten very far, um, but this book is called... The Heretic's Guide to Global Finance. It was recommended by a friend um, who is also doing some research on just how to be a more informed citizen of the world. Um, the book's broken up into um, three sections. The first section is more of like an introduction, like what are the systems at play in the world as far as finances go? What is what is finance? What is a market? Um, the second section. Um, I'm blanking on, but the third section is about, uh, what he refers to as hacking the system. So how do you make 
change in this system and kind of subvert it uh, in a way that helps um, your cause or helps you personally or whatever it is. So um, I'll keep everyone posted um, probably mainly through the blog or the website, I guess, um, with what's going on, anything useful I learned. Right now I'm just learning a lot. Like um, one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that your money doesn't like live in the bank. Um, when you put money into the bank, that money gets used by the bank to um, loan money, money to other people, make small business loans, big business loans. Um, so if everyone removed all their money at once from the bank, no, not everybody would get their money. So I think that's something that people don't understand and probably should look into, that there are ways that you can secure your um, money in a bank uh, that are different than that. So I'm, I will continue to learn and continue to share what I learned with y'all. Um, it's really complicated actually. And that's one of the things, um, that Brett Scott, the author is saying, you know, makes it so people don't research it or don't look into it. And that's why there are so many people in power with lots of money who have control over the money, um, because it's so inaccessible to the lay folk, Hmm. I guess. So, um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Making money easy with Brent, the newest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I think I'm going to cut this one shorter than an hour so that I can maybe stick in some interviews. I Hell yeah. I'm hoping to talk to my good friend Quest at UC Santa Cruz about art in activism. Yes. And my friend Mason about the Grand Rapids, Michigan protests he went to. So that might happen. That might happen right here. The whole no. thing. This whole thing's going in. Who are you? Uh, actually, you know what? Let me introduce Quest. He's, um, he is living meme, art historian, theater master student, and all around cool boy, Quest. Quest, uh, how are you? I am exasperated. I know. I do that to everyone. So, okay, here's my question, Quest. How are you doing in relation to this election? How do you feel about it today? Um, oh, I mean, panicked, dread, mm-hmm. full, dread day. Um, it's been a time... <laughs> Okay, not much to say. So Quest uh, <laughs> uh, has thinks uh, is gonna. So art. What about art, Quest? What do you think? <laughs> art can help us, hey, right? Hey, hey, Sean. What? Hey, Sean. I know that you spent a million hours getting this to work, but could we start over so I can be less of an idiot? Quest, we can start over whenever you want, but I'm still gonna put in that beginning part. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you just feel panicked. So you just feel panicked about about Trump, right? Yes. Why do you... I mean, so what was election night like for you? I think you told me, but I think that might be cool to tell if you're willing. Yeah. Um, So election night, I was in final... Final dress rehearsal? No, first dress rehearsal for um, the university production I was working on, um, which was a, a stage adaptation of devised version 
of the Odyssey by Homer, like ancient Greeks and stuff. And um, all of the professors who were like, you know, sitting in the audience, the director, or one of the choreographers, were just like shaking practically the entire rehearsal, checking the results the entire, you know, whenever they could without being disrespectful. And we were at the very end of the show when it became clear who was going to win. And as soon as we finished the show, three of the faculty just kind of collapsed into a crying heap. <laughs> and students were protesting outside. Oh, like that night there were protests at... Um... Yeah, that night. Not within our cast, but um, from elsewhere on the campus. Right. And this is University of California, Santa Cruz? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Got to keep our international audience in mind here, Quest. Yes, sorry. But yeah, so, okay. But you were kind of um, everyone's dad that night? Yeah, it was it was weird, because it was like everyone else was reacting a lot more abruptly than I was really expecting, kind of. Partially because it was such a shock to me, but I kind of went a little stoic and a little just supporting everyone around me instead of really having a chance to respond myself. Right. Did you have a moment for yourself? Did it ever like hit you all at once or did you just kind of come to terms? Uh, or have you, you probably haven't yet. Maybe <laughs> it's only been like 13 days, 14. Yeah. Um, not, no real like moment of, of truth for me yet. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, do you have any news you want to talk about? A format of the show? You know, we got our feelings, we got our news, we got our activism. You got anything well, uh, that you noticed that you think is interesting? Uh, I mean, I'm super intrigued by this whole Hamilton debacle and how it's almost definitely a cover-up for the um, Trump University um, settlement. So here's the thing with that. Um I agree that it's like a distraction from a lot of things, but I don't think it's specifically the settlement because, like, I I don't really care. Like, we already knew Trump University was shit and that, like, it's not news to me. Or am I missing something? Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's the fact that it's coming straight out of his horse mouth well he Um, would say and what the reason i don't really understand why it's like being treated as a smoking gun by the left air quotes is um a settlement doesn't mean that you're admitting guilt it just means you want it you're done like he would say that he just wants to move on and be president or whatever and i mean that's not total bullshit i mean He's obviously guilty, but like, we knew that. I don't know. Um, anyway, I think right. we should focus on like white nationalism, racism, um, cabinet positions, the fact that we want a Muslim or they want a Muslim registry for real. I feel like they really want that for real. It's really happening, y'all. Uh, it's really bad. So, uh, 
yeah, I just, I think there's more, there's more to it than, but you're right. It's like a, it's like a BS story that everyone's talking about. Yeah. And God, just being a theater worker, it is so funny seeing his tweets calling the theater a special place and a safe space and <laughs> um, everything there because it's like we in theater history, I mean, there were riots all the time in the theater in the 1800s um, in in the French play Ubuwa, the character says a word that is one letter away from the French word for shit. And that created riots. Nice. Like, <laughs> so for a politically charged play about the history of the United States or a musical, um, and then the audience to address the vice president elect, and to have that be so scandalous and cause Republicans to quote unquote boycott, which I mean, what a crock of shit, is hilarious right, like and also stupefying. <laughs> well, or they were already going and no one is going to be harmed by them just not attending when they already bought the tickets. Yeah. Like, it'll sell out anyway. It's not like. A Broadway. I mean, it's sold out until like May or something. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a big Hamilton fan, like Stan. But, but so yeah, that's a bullshit story. Um, do you have any plans for anything? Like, what what do you see yourself doing going forward to deal with this um, these four years? Yeah. Um, I mean, first I'm going to finish my master's because it kind of set in motion. Um, And I mean, on the personal side, I mean, just venturing out into the career world, especially with a career as unstable as theater is inherently scary and you don't exactly get to choose what you're going to do. But ideally, I want to work with politically active and politically resonant uh, companies or troops or on works that speak to the issues that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So in general, like um, from an art history perspective or maybe uh, in any other way, what, um, <laughs> What, what's your what's your hot take on activism and art? Do you have like a... Uh, I'm not good at asking questions, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I have a thing to say. Yeah. Um, I think that there's so much activism to be done through the arts, and I think that there always has been. Um, and um, I, was, I was telling my friend, who's kind of a mentor to me, that I was going to be doing this with you today and he reminded me about the um the farm workers strikes in california in the 80s which sparked the first i think the first uh chicano theater company in at least in california if not in the u.s el teatro campesino which means the farm workers theater um 
by Luis Valdez and then a lot of other like a whole theater movement came out of this um and all of these plays just making calls to action against the um what I call them I guess like human rights violations or whatever on the part of the farming companies um so there's I mean there's a huge historical precedent of the theater and other parts of the art world being able to spark um, political movement Speaking progress. Of that, uh, <laughs> I will just point out to our audience that in 2011, America was at a crossroads where almost half of people supported marriage equality. And at that moment, um, iconic artist and visionary Lady Gaga released Born This Way, <laughs> launching America into a gay rights movement until until eight years later when no one gave a shit. Um, so, or not eight years, I guess it was only, only five. So way to go. Way to <laughs> fuck it up, America. You've... You ruined Born This Way. Um, <laughs> no, obviously that was more of like a uh, an album that just came out during something that was already happening. Um, yeah, we were kind of already set in motion. We were. And um, I don't know, I can't think of any like pop culture movements that have their roots in like art besides i mean stonewall was like drag queens but it wasn't like a piece of art that like made stonewall happen well and they were i mean drag queens and trans women but drag queens are still performers definitely oh, yep yeah. <laughs> talk about um being a hashtag problematic yeah no uh trans women <laughs> drag queens but um, um yeah did you have a thing you were gonna say well no but also i mean at the very least art often thrives in times of um social discord that's a weird way to phrase that um like this i mean i could i don't even know how many just works of theater but also uh visual art and dance uh, came out of the AIDS crisis, um, like the normal heart, um, a lot of Keith Haring's major works. Um, and uh, my favorite, which is totally, I think, super relevant recently, um, is in the uh, the 20s, uh, in the interwar period, we had the rise of Dada, which was like in a world where we have such horrors and technology can like these technological innovations of the industrial revolution can lead us to mass human death. How, how do we make sense of the world in the wake of that? And that also led um, a little bit later, but to a lot of absurdism in the theater and a lot of people, myself included are saying that we're definitely heading back or not back, but to a uh, period where art is going to 
um, swing back in that direction. I mean, we've already been in that way. Like anyone on the internet has yeah. seen the rice shit posting. Like, yeah, just like uh, shit that doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's amazing anyway. Horse um, ebooks. Yeah, horse ebooks. <laughs> Everything happens. The videos so much. of the people. Um, you could stop at five or six stores or just one. <laughs> I mean, most vines are like come from a certain place of absurdity and nonsensicalness which is partially humor non-sequiturs as just a point of humor but it also does come from nothing making any fucking sense at all right like would vine even exist or be as popular as it i guess was past tense now if we weren't in that data is a moment again um yeah probably not probably not uh, in layman's terms, how would you describe 20s Dadaism? Because I have no idea. So 1920s Dada, um, I mean, it was kind of like, do whatever the fuck you want, because it was literally nothing makes any sense. So there were poems that were just syllables that don't mean anything in any language. Oh. Um, there uh, was one famous like performance artist who came up in this costume that was like part robot, part lobster, part bishop, and just would speak that kind of poetry. Um, I think a really interesting, striking similarity. Um, there was a collage artist, Hannah Hawk, and collage really, um, as we know it at least, started around that period. And she just cut up pictures and media paste them together and um in the contemporary world there's an artist whom i love um her name is one gechi mutu i think i'm pronouncing that right and her collage work bears such striking resemblance to hana hawk and i know that one gechi comes from a place of i think uh decolonialism and feminism um so there's specific meaning that she's trying to make but there's definitely a certain amount of reference anyway so it's a lot of just straight up nonsense this is also the same thing that we get like uh waiting for godot where two people are waiting for somebody who never arrives and there are shoes that are too big and a tree that has x number of leaves and it's like does this mean anything oh maybe okay um interesting yeah i love that i feel like there's so much there if there was like a whole a whole thing dedicated to that with like the modern accidental recreations of like what am i trying to say if you found like real like dadaist movement art from the 20s and then found like random things that happened to be just like that and had a blog for that probably already exists but like if you're a post post master student like bored (laughs) (laughs) i got a a quick hot tip for you uh do that (laughs) that's my favorite thing i'm just really loving that idea but um okay i mean that's really exciting i love art You're, you're just you're just full of the knowledge thank you it's also so scary to just like thinking about like it's going to be a fucking renaissance we're going to make so much good shit and it's like because we feel like we're all gonna fucking die right any we're minute. All... 
because we're all garbage. But um, I don't even know if you remember like the Bush era, but there was a lot of like good stand up at that time. <laughs> there was like, um, I feel like Margaret Cho got really popular back then. Oh yeah, and um, I don't like a lot of a lot of shit got really good, and um, yeah, I'm just hoping that happens again, and we don't like slip back into another like Obama era where everyone's like, we won. There's no more racism. We can just ignore it, and then it like <laughs> it like festers and grows to be the majority, like it did. Um. Yeah, I I can't imagine that happening because even if it's even if like the social majority feels like um like we are all in opposition to the government, which it sounds like we may achieve at the very least that sort of victory, um I it's still going to be a certain sort of countercultural, and counterculture is always what what gets trendy eventually. Oh yeah, that's true. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, like, even even Pepe, even our beloved meme frog. How did we by, get this far without mentioning Pepe? Right, Matt Fury. <laughs> um, like appropriated i mean an appropriated like any meme is eventually appropriated because of the way internet culture happens i'm not trying to say that pepe is equal to like native american planes war bonnets um but i have no idea what you're talking about anymore (laughs) restarting Pepe taken out of the context of the comic that he originally started in. Um, Like, and then taken even further to the alt-right slash neo-fascists and Nazis. And then people immediately started being like, well, no, this is like our meme frog and making the like leftist radical socialist Pepe's in response. I think we're going to continue to have something to react to at the very least artistically. Yeah. So this is unrelated, but I'm just really, (laughs) now that I'm like older and I've been through three elections, I'm like, just, I'm so, I'm so mad that we let this happen because I just, (laughs) The left was, like, so excited um, back in, like, 08. Like, finally, everyone understands conservatism doesn't get us anywhere. It's shitty. They're fucking stupid. And then we elected Obama, and they had a majority. And then it was just, like, this trickle of, like, nobody gives a shit anymore. And um, I feel like in four or eight years, I'm going to be that guy, like fuck y'all, you better step it up. <laughs> or no, not even, like 16 years. Yeah, it would be like 16 years from now. It's going to be like another one of these. And I'll be, fuck, how old will I be? I'll be like legit hashtag daddy by then. And I'll be like... Oh my God. <laughs> I'll be like, you fucking stupid kids, you better vote. And they'll be like, shut up, grandpa. Nobody, Nobody's racist anymore. And I'll be like, you just wait until... 
President Honey Boo Boo comes in, and I, I don't know. Oh my God, this this spiraled, but also sounds like it's gonna make an amazing, I don't know what play, <laughs> TV show. I mean, it's our future reality. I'm really convinced. President Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like Honey Boo Boo is actually pure and like a good person, but I couldn't think of any other like young reality star. That's like uh, who's who's like the next Trump? They probably don't exist yet. They won't even be on TV for another ten years. Um, Kylie Jenner, obviously. President Kylie Jenner, the white nationalist hero of the far right. So, I was going to say something in response to oh, well, I mean, everyone says like I mean those who fail to learn from history fuck everyone else up um and a lot of people say like history is like a pendulum it swings in one direction it swings in the other um but i do think that depending on how fucked up shit gets and i'm i'm pretty apocalyptic as a person in general apocalyptic optimist it's weird um okay like, I imagine the worst, but I don't think it's really going to happen. But, like, depending on how bad this gets, I can imagine the upswing afterward lasting quite a long time. And people continuing to be like, okay, that really happened in our lifetimes or in our parents' lifetimes. And, or in our hashtag daddy's lifetimes. And, like, we, you know, need to be better. Yeah, here's... Uh, um. Are you finished with that thought? Yes. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like we already had that, <laughs> and it failed. Like, Which? How recent? Like, Bush and, like, 9-11 and all that shit was terrible. I guess there weren't any, like, genocidal atrocities, but, and we but weren't Sean, having, like, a race but conversation. Sean. But, like, I'm just so frustrated. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> oh my god oh wait i want to make a joke um because baby what you melts can't be steel beams <laughs> by same parts oh, on if you're listening to this i'm so sorry i don't think um, anyone else would understand that joke um maybe brent brent would <laughs> Austin, yeah. my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, anyway, I mean, I could do this all day. I have to cut this into an hour somehow. This this is going to be like a bi-weekly podcast at this point because I, <laughs> I can't do this. But um, do you I was going to say a thing in response to yeah. Bush. Um, I mean, and it's, it's kind of sad and it's kind of scary, but it feels like Oh, I mean, my parents are pretty outspoken with their political beliefs to me, even when I was pretty little. And so same with my, my best friend's uh, mom. Oh, my God. She's a riot. Um, okay. But I don't I just feel like a lot of the people in my age group were too young to even really realize how fucked up Bush was. And we were really of um, enough maturity to be like sick 
Like, I'm down with Obama. No, that's um, what I'm saying. Right, but just, like, well, yes. I just don't know if I question your claim about Bush being bad enough to keep us right. really cognizant. I wouldn't say... not happen. I guess it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was war, but it was, like... I mean, on the scale of war, it was, like, in terms of motivation, one of the most dubious. But in terms of, like, overall death and destruction, in the thousands instead of, like, the millions. So... Yeah, and also, I guess, I I am from California, like, born and raised, and maybe my also my experience in that time being someone younger than you and in a different political climate might have been differing. Right. I mean, I don't remember that much either. I'm not that much older than you, but I just remember <laughs> everyone on so your hashtag daddy. I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm a hashtag daddy, but I still, all I remember <laughs> is that everyone really hated him. <laughs> like that's all I remember. Like, to the same degree that I'm seeing now with Trump. Like, everyone really fucking hated Bush. But it wasn't for, like, being an unapologetic racist, so I guess it is different. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it was just kind of because he fed off of a bad legacy, partially. People didn't think he was fit for his position. And he's just kind of dumb. Yeah. But I mean, like, he also didn't coincide with the <laughs> upswing of a fascist, like, yeah, weird I guess cultural same. movement. It just makes me nervous that it seems like no matter what happens in America, we'll just vote for the other party because they already got eight years. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> you have to, like. <sighs> anyway. Um. Do you have any closing thoughts? Do you want to plug your social media for the one listener that you don't know? I don't have any social media worth plugging, really. Um, I will say that we should abolish the Electoral College. Um, yeah. That people should support local art and support art that says the things that they want it to say and not support art that doesn't say what they want it to say. Like, think you're with your wallet or speak with your wallet. Um, and if you're scared or panicking, sit down and fucking, fucking draw a picture, write a poem, call a friend, write a screenplay, make a thing happen. Yeah. Create something if you, if you can. That's, that's very sweet. Okay. Thanks quest. I'm going to stop recording, but we can hang out. Bye. Great. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah. You can reach us at survivingpresidenttrump.com, on Twitter, survivingtrump1, <laughs> survivingpresidenttrump on Facebook, SoundCloud, look for it, I don't know. Yeah, and if you have um, comments or questions or ideas um, or thoughts or feelings, we would like to hear and see those. Yeah, you can comment on the site or Facebook, but also we're going to be on iTunes and Google Play. Um, it's just going through the, the processing. I don't know how long it'll take. Probably by next week. Maybe by the time you hear this. Uh, so you can subscribe there. Look for it. 
will be a Facebook post when I verify that it works. Hell yeah. And um, fuck America. <laughs> I won't go that far, but I feel you. <laughs>